When teaching STEM to our elementary students, we always want to be encouraging that creativity and even celebrating that all of their projects look different. That is an amazing thing. You don't want everything to look the same. It's okay if they see the solution to the problem all differently. But at the same time, we still want to teach our students strategies and ways to build different things so that it can push their creativity along and even make their designs even better. How do you balance both when you are teaching STEM projects? In this episode, I'll be sharing with you three ways to teach simple building ideas for your elementary STEM projects to not only keep that creativity that they are showing in their designs, but ways that they can improve their projects. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. Hey, Naomi, thank you for your podcast and congratulations on your wedding. I'm new to teaching STEM this year, and a question that I have is, do you go over building principles with, such as if you're doing a bridge, do you touch on different types of bridges in a mini lesson? Um, and then let them go? Or do you wait on that until you're in the improve stage of the engineering design process? Also, um, for makerspace stuff like working with cardboard, do you teach the kids different ways to work with cardboard and do like different sort of attachments? Or do you let them figure out those things on their own? Just trying to plan my lessons and see what would work best from an experienced STEM teacher. Thank you. This is such an excellent question. And thank you so much for submitting this. If you want to submit a voice question like this, you can do this at NaomiMeredith.com slash voice. And it's also in the show notes. And in every podcast episode, you can find this link because I love hearing your questions. Not only this audio message did I receive with this question, but a lot of you have asked this to me over on Instagram as well at Naomi Meredith underscore. And it is a little bit of a tricky one. How do you balance the actual teaching of the project and also those building strategies? And when do you do it? The first few years when I started teaching K through five STEM, I had taught for six years prior to this as a classroom teacher. And when I stepped into this K through five STEM role, I was given a brand new classroom with limited supplies and zero curriculum. On the flip side, I also didn't know my students and they didn't really have a STEM class before. And let's be real, their projects weren't really good when we first got started. Yes, it was my teaching, but also they weren't used to doing hands-on projects before. And 
they weren't that great. (laughs) They didn't look very good. And so it really developed over the years, of course, again, with my teaching, but also this is a skill that students have to learn. (laughs) They have to learn how to be creative and let that shine. And it's okay to make mistakes and also learn those building techniques. And this isn't to say that I had kids do everybody do the same project. Everything's going to look the same. I don't believe in that in STEM projects unless it's a Lego build. That's completely different. But for the most part, everybody's projects are going to look different. And that is scary for kids where there's not exactly one right answer. But at the same time, you still want to teach them those techniques that are going to make their designs even better. What you are doing with your students when you're teaching STEM, whether you are a STEM teacher, a specialist, or even a classroom teacher who's implementing STEM, what you are doing is so important. Keep on doing what you are doing. This is so important for kids, and it's really going to shine, and they love these types of projects. Also think about it too, if you are teaching STEM as a special subject, you're not seeing kids as often as a classroom teacher. They are going to see growth a lot faster than you are. If you really think about it too, even go down to counting out the amount of days that you see students and the amount of time you're spending on projects, it is way less than a classroom teacher more often than not. And so that growth in their actual projects and what things are going to look like is going to take some time. The types of projects my students were creating my first couple of years weren't as detailed and they were more simple because that's where my students were at. But by the time we got into the fourth and fifth years, their projects were more complex. They had more tools in their belts per se, no pun intended, but they had more skills and they had a lot more background experience and knowledge with these types of projects. So in turn, their projects got a lot better. This is going to take some time with your students. It can even take years. Don't forget teaching these things. So say, oh, they'll get it later. What Every single year is extremely important, but don't put a lot of pressure on yourself if it doesn't work out exactly as planned because it, it is going to come. And so these strategies I'm going to teach you when it comes to actually teaching those skills, when it comes to building your projects, keep doing these things. But the, again, the students are going to get better and better and better. And also de- depends on the project and even the experiences that they might even have outside of your classroom. Now, two out of the three tips that I'm going to be sharing with you, two of them go along with when you teach certain parts of the engineering design process. Now, if you want more background on exactly what the engineering design process is and more examples on how to teach it, I encourage you to go back to episode 15, where I have a series all about the engineering design process. So I break down every single step of the process to help you better understand what that is and what it can look like in your classroom. But for this episode, we're going to talk about a couple different stages of when I teach those building techniques that can help out students' designs. The first time I will teach students different building techniques is during the beginning of the project, the imagine stage. So in the engineering design process, you have the ask, what is the problem they're trying to solve? 
And then the imagine where you're gathering as many ideas as possible before you start planning. This is when we first talk about different building techniques and getting as much information as possible. For all of my projects in my K-5 STEM year-long plan bundle of lessons, I pre-research everything. And there's a couple of reasons why I do this. For STEM in a specific STEM class, there's not a whole lot of time when it comes to an open-ended Google search. And that is a whole skill in itself. Now, if you are a technology and STEM teacher or you teach both subjects, definitely zone in on those research skills. They're very, very important. If you're a classroom teacher, zone in on those research skills. I definitely did that, especially when I taught third grade. We focused a lot on how to research. But at the same time, we all I also gave them pre-researched resources because you really want the goal is for them to how do you gather information out of these sources and if it's credible or not and all those things. So I really try to save time and I pre-research everything so I know the resources that they are going to be looking at are going to give them the right types of ideas. So it's open-ended in a sense where they have some choice as to which resources they can use, but it's very, very, very focused. Also with that, if you are pre-researching, you might often come across times where you have this very high-level topic, but then there aren't any resources available for your grade level. One project that comes to mind is when I was designing a stop motion animation lesson that is in the bundle for pollination, and I was finding really great resources about different types of pollinators, but it wasn't really answering the question I wanted them to solve for this project. So what I did is I pre-researched using many different resources, and then I ended up writing my own articles. So that is also a time where you are getting that background information as a teacher so you can share that with your students. So pre-research, have those resources in that imagine stage. So again, maybe it's articles, maybe it is resources that will really help answer that ask. It can also be videos that teach the science behind it. That can be really helpful as well. Maybe they're showing why things are happening or even why things are built a certain way. And that could even be like if you're doing something with birdhouses, like a birdhouse unit that I have for second grade, they are, create a birdhouse to help birds in the area. Well, we watched a video as to how birds build their nest and using those ideas as to why they build a nest the way that they do, that helps students design a birdhouse that birds would actually like based on the nests that they make in nature. So making those types of connections can really help when it comes to their building design. Also too, in this imagine stage, this is a great opportunity for you to share pictures of real life examples. Again, I like to pull things that are related to the topic, not usually doing an open-ended Google search because we know the filters aren't perfect and they might find some inappropriate things like Well, I'm not going to mention what I've actually seen students look up, but you know what I'm talking about. 
So having those real life pictures are really, really helpful. And if you have done the project before, having physical models of what students have built in the past are really helpful. Or I go ahead and take pictures of my students' examples, and those are already there for you. So if you're teaching any of my lessons in that K-5 STEM year-long plan, you actually have student examples to help give a basis as well. When you are adding in those real-life examples or those student examples, it isn't really meant for kids to copy exactly what they see, but more so inspiration as a starting point. I will say when students aren't used to doing hands-on or creative projects and they have examples like this, more often than not, they might copy exactly what they see because really think about it, they're a little bit unsure how their own creative idea is going to work. So they might feel more comfortable copying the idea up on the screen, which is fine. That is a great point. They are trying their best and they're going to keep growing from there. So just give them some grace if that is happening. I don't say, oh, here, we're going to make this exactly like the picture. I usually say things like, oh, this is how another student thought of this project. Maybe there's something in this project that you really like. So having those examples are really helpful. Now, I taught six classes a day, so K through five. I didn't keep every single physical example. That's why taking pictures and videos, you as a teacher are really, really important. And even having students take their own pictures and videos are really important as well. That's why I loved using Seesaw in my classroom because we could have a whole bank of different resources. And I would often go through and even download the pictures that were really great in their accounts and then save them for later. Another way to give students some ideas during this Imagine stage, especially when it comes to a makerspace or hands-on type of project, is having different examples of the type of thing you want them to build and having a T-chart. So two columns, and have one column be try and not try. I did this with my build a shelter unit, and actually most of the lessons in STEM survival camp, we did this, where we saw examples of the thing that they were going to build, and then they would sketch or draw ideas of things they wanted to try in their design, and then things that they didn't want to try in their design. And this is also a great time to share some non-examples Not everything in the videos are going to be perfect or even feasible for the materials that you were going to give them. So this is a really cool way to help students really think about how they're going to build their design by seeing something else in action and what could they actually try and things that for sure they definitely couldn't do. Like with the build a shelter challenge, some of the shelters actually did not have doors on them in the videos that I gave them. And so some of them said, I actually want to add a door because it didn't, for the purpose of our challenge, the videos weren't really showing examples that exactly matched what we were trying to solve. Likewise, for our hiking backpack challenge, it showed backpacks having zippers. And some students actually really wanted to try a zipper, but I did tell them, hey, Adding in a zipper is a whole other skill when it comes to sewing because they are sewing a backpack prototype. So that is something for this challenge we won't be able to explore. So 
So that is when students actually added that option to the not try because adding in a zipper would be great, but we just didn't have the time uh, to actually add that type of item. The next place in your teaching where you can teach students simple building techniques is during the create stage. Just because students have gotten all these ideas from the imagine stage, they made a plan, they're ready to create, it doesn't mean they know how to build everything. Again, this isn't a time where you teach students step by step by step. This is how you are going to build. This is a great way to show them strategies on how to build different things. If I am doing a makerspace project and they actually have an open-ended selection to all the makerspace supplies within reason using our makerspace menu and money, which you can definitely check that out in the show notes. I also have a podcast episode where I talk all about that and have the menu all set up, especially if there are things that are open-ended and I'm showing them all of the supplies before they go start shopping for everything. This is a time where I might show them, oh, this would be a good tool for this. Or if you don't have enough money for this, you can use this instead. And it kind of does the same thing. So even giving them some suggestions on how materials can be used is really helpful. A lesson that I actually don't have in my year-long plan, but it was something that I did when I was co-teaching with first grade, we were talking about insects and then they were designing an insect using all of the things that insects have. And I gave them some ideas of how materials can be used. For example, for the antennas on the top of their heads, I showed them that they could use a bendy straw as an antenna. So I had like on the poster antennas and I gave an op- some options on there. I also put some Q-tips on the antenna side. For wings, we had tissue paper. So I showed on that poster how tissue paper can be crunched up. So again, I wasn't showing them, oh, here's every step on how to make your insect and all of your projects are going to look the same. Yay for you. You did it. It was just more of those strategies of ways that they could add this to their design. I also did this with my rock and roller coaster unit for fifth grade that is in the year long plan. And they were building a roller coaster that a marble can roll through. And a lot of them wanted to use either tubes or straws to be the base to hold up their roller coaster. And they were having a hard time having the tube stay flat on their platform. So they were building it on like a cardboard platform so that their roller coaster can be moved at the end of class. So I noticed this while they were building. So they didn't have a problem shopping for supplies. They knew what they needed. They were in fifth grade. But that strategy was really tricky for them. And they're actually wasting a lot of tape because every time they taped their pole to the cardboard, it kept falling over. It wasn't sticking to the base of their roller coaster and it wasn't sticking to the platform. And so this was an opportunity where I actually paused the class during creating. We already had the mini lesson or whatever, but I showed them, hey, there's a strategy I want to teach you. I've been noticing this issue. This is something that can actually help improve your tubes holding up things. And it's called a phalange. I'm not kidding you. It's called that. Look it up. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel. It's called a phalange. So what you do with the tube is you cut slits 
a little ways down on the tube. And when you fold them back, then it will actually make the tube stand up flat because you tape down the little flaps. So just a simple technique. I didn't teach them this right off the bat because you kind of want to see if they can figure it out. But I noticed no one was figuring this out yet. And so just that quick teaching while they were building took me a couple minutes. It drastically improved their designs and they were able to keep their roller coasters steady. Now, some concepts during this create stage, I will specifically show them how to do it. This doesn't happen very often, but if I know ahead of time, this is something they probably do not know how to do, and this is going to be a a troublesome point. Different than the roller coasters, they're actually doing fine. They just needed one little tip. But I'm talking more about something that is definitely going to hinder their design. And everybody's going to be asking you, how do I do this? How do I do this? You kind of want to problem solve and think, what is something they specifically need to know? And I will teach them that right before they start building. So maybe not so much during the plan. Some kids might even ask, oh, how will I do this? And I'm going to say, hey, We're going to talk about this tomorrow when we get to the create stage. I'm going to show you specifically how to do this step, put it in your plan, and I'm going to show you exactly how to do that. So a big example for this is when we were doing STEM race cars in fourth grade, part of our STEM amusement park. And what we wanted for our race cars was that the wheels could actually turn and they were making a race car out of makerspace supplies. So when you think it, if you're listening to this, you're like, Oh yeah, how would you make the wheels actually turn? So I pre-made a video, and this is in the lesson, or you can pre-teach them, but I made a video where I, I specifically showed them how to add a piece to their car that will hold the axle that will actually allow the wheels to turn. I showed everybody in the class before they even started building because I knew this would be a troublesome point. And everybody had to have this in their car. Everybody needed wheels because they needed their car to roll. So this that's a time when, okay, this is when I'm going to teach you all of this. Another thing that I've done this for is when we were testing flood inventions for third grade. So in our, my Earth's engineer unit, and students were going to be adding different measurements of water to test their design. So a little bit different, they already had built their designs, but I specifically had to show the class beforehand how to measure with a measuring cup because they hadn't done that before, third grade standard, but they were very excited to pour their own water. But I did have to show them specifically as a whole class, hey, this is how we get water, this is how we measure it, and then this is also how we keep track of it. So really think through your lesson Not everything is going to have something very, very specific like this, but if you know it's going to be a troublesome point for all of your class, that's a great time to stop the class mid-teaching or just start it off. This is how you do this, and then they still have all those creative pieces. And the last way to teach those simple building techniques for in your STEM lessons is having STEM stations. 
I highly recommend having a balance of STEM projects and STEM stations for your primary students. And I teach all about that in my STEM K through two planning workshop, where you can go through the workshop on your own in two hours and learn how to do a whole STEM stations and even have a unit plan for you. But having STEM stations where aside from the projects, this is a great time for your younger learners to experiment with materials they might not have tried before. Not all of my STEM stations are building stations, but again, it helps them see, oh, this is how some materials can balance on top of each other. This is a way that different materials can connect together. So giving those times for your younger students to explore when they get to their makerspace projects and within that same school year or even years down the road, they have more experiences where they have been creative with different things and they can make those connections with the materials they used at their STEM stations and also with their building projects. Also with these STEM stations, it's a great opportunity for students to work in small groups and talk about the things that they are doing and problem solving together. This is a low stress way where they're using reusable materials. They are figuring out this is how this material works. Oh, you built it like this. I'm going to try it like this where they can talk about how these materials are being used. Likewise, as a teacher, when you are introducing these STEM stations, you can give them some ideas on how to use the materials. And again, this exposure is going to be helpful with those longer-term projects. As a recap, here are your three tips for teaching those simple building ideas for your STEM projects. First, we talked about introducing these building ideas during that imagine stage. Next, we talked about ways where you can add this into the create stage. And finally, we talked about ways students can explore materials in those younger years by using STEM stations. Again, teaching these building skills are definitely going to take some time. It won't always be perfect. And for you as the teacher, you're going to be learning new strategies and things along the way. Just like listening to this podcast, you might have heard some tips or tricks that you hadn't thought before, and you can go back to teaching your students, which is exactly why you are here. But also for your students, they're going to be learning some tips and tricks from each other and from you, and their projects are definitely going to get better along the way. If you are looking for further support for your STEM lessons, as the elementary STEM coach I am, I have been behind the scenes working on updating all of the lessons in my K-5 STEM year-long plan with me actually teaching the lessons. This has been a highly requested feature, and I've heard you, and I am working on it. It's definitely taking me some time, but I feel like it's so helpful for you to hear me talk through all of the slides that are included in the engineering design process of that project and why certain things are laid out the way they are. But I also am teaching the lessons where you can actually hear the language of how I would teach these things to my students 
including these building techniques. Now, at the time of this recording, not everything is updated yet. It's going to take me some time. So definitely jump in on any of those lessons in that bundle now, whether you do the full K through five STEM year, three through five, fifth grade only, but grab those now because as I am updating those new things and also new slides, the price definitely does go up, but I really feel like it's so important for you to have the support where not all STEM resources have this extra teaching component. So thank you so much for requesting this. I hear you. I am working on it and definitely feel like there's a lot of value in this component in these lessons. I'm so passionate about creating for your students as I was for creating them for mine. Thank you so much again for being here, for sending me your requests, your questions, all those things. I hear you. I appreciate all of you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore, or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, NaomiMeredith.com, to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.